Live. Hey Mike, how's it going? It's going well, Chris. How are you? I'm doing well. Yeah. Um, Mike, do you do you uh, do you want to know what we're going to talk about today? Uh, yeah, I think that would be better than being surprised. Okay. It might go better. <clears throat> uh, today, uh, we're going to talk about accountability for brands. Ooh, accountability. Yeah. Um, Tell me more about accountability. <clears throat> well, I, actually, I, I I'm kind of curious what you think accountability oh. uh, is uh, uh, in. Your personal life, um, mm. I'm thinking, because you know, you know, you know, it's one thing I'm I'm realizing about brands. What's that, Chris? Is that uh, <clears throat> brands uh, are like people, and you know, there was there was some research I've seen where it says like actually they 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 studied this phenomenon that people actually look at brands and expect them to act like humans. People can't tell the difference, right? Yep. And so I started yep. thinking about like you ever you ever smash your thumb with a hammer. Oh yeah, that's like the that's the worst. <laughs> do you ever get do you ever get mad at the hammer? Oh yeah, yeah. You want to chuck it, don't you? It's like yeah, or like your car or something oh, like yeah. that. I mean, it's like people look at. There's no other way for us to look at you know we things. We personify than everything. everything, right? Everything. Yeah. Well, one might even say anthropomorphize. It, yeah, yeah. That's probably right? the better word. <clears throat> we make it. We make them into people like they have personality. Yep. So there's no way for us to treat a brand differently. There's just not a category in our heads. Yep. Turns out. Totally agree. And so, guess what? <clears throat> the other crazy thing about brands, who makes them? Who makes brands? Who create? Who creates the brand? People. People do. And who's responsible when you call up a brand? Who are you talking to? People. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And and who does a brand talk to? The people. People. <laughs> and um and so like, you know, and so 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 the question is, uh, I guess I start to look at when I look at brands, I start to look at how do, you know, how do we look at brands as if there's this different thing and I'm starting to think brands are brands are people. And so if I have accountability for my personal integrity, for my mm. personal life, then I wonder if that could help a brand. <clears throat> I would think so. Well, we're probably going to find out today yep. by talking it through and seeing if there's any if this theory holds water. Ooh. So, <clears throat> it's like so a cup. Does it hold water? Right. Or does a it bucket? Yeah. yeah. Or does it have holes? Or, or is, is it, it a sieve? Mm. You know. And so, <clears throat> the topic is then accountability as a tool for brands. Um, does reflection help us elevate our uh, conversation internally, hmm. so that we can, uh, so we can best show uh, show ourselves externally, yeah. right? <clears throat> Who we That's are and good. what we stand for. So, some of the questions. Uh, I'm going to throw these questions out right now, so you can think about them, Mike. Okay. Because I know we haven't talked about this until now. So, <clears throat> if people have accountability, shouldn't brands have accountability too? Hmm. Right. Which is kind of what we a little bit talked about. Um, and then tell me what you think about this question, Mike. Who will tell you when you're doing it wrong? If you're a person, who who do you who do you trust, Mike? Do you have people? So yeah, I've got like a core group of friends, including my pastor. Yeah, who I go to a lot to tell me when I'm doing stuff wrong. Um, and my wife, she's another big one. Yeah, will she tell you whether you ask for it or not? Or, uh, yeah, she's gotten pretty good at that. <laughs> We've had to work She's through learned. that process, right? Yeah, you, you had to a coax process, her along to get right? her to open her mouth because, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and we've had to learn how to deliver it, right? Delivery is as important as as whether you do it or not. Yeah, so it's it's a little bit like um, like oh, how do I look in this dress? Like yeah, you know, yeah. there's some tact. What do you really mean there? Yeah, what do you really what are you mean? really asking? So, 
So, uh, so who will tell who will tell you when you're doing it wrong as a brand? Mm. You know. Yep. So <clears throat> that is a fantastic question that good. I'm excited to talk about. Are you excited to answer it? I'm excited to come to an answer because yes. I don't know if I've got one right off the top of my head. So I'm excited. We're gonna talk. We're gonna build an answer. Yes, that's what's gonna happen today. <clears throat> so the another question: Who encourages you? you know, that you're doing it right. Who mm. encourages you if, when you're doing things right and says, hey, you know what, that's the right thing. Yep. And uh, I have an example, a case study. Of course you do. Um, another one, do you take responsibility or do you blame? Mm. You know, let, I mean, think about, you know, what happens when the market changes? You know, yeah. what happens when there's pressure? Do you, you know, what is your default? You know, where do you, where do you go with that? How do you, what happens in your spirit, in your heart, in your soul? That is awesome. When that happens. And, and, and we all have, <clears throat> so it's my theory that brands have the same kind of thing going on. And I may be the CEO or something, right? I may be the leader. Yep. But, uh, and when things go well, I might, I might, you know, it's, oh, yep. everything's hunky-dory. But then when things go wrong. Pass the buck. Yeah, what happens? Do, do I pass the buck? Do the people in my organization, do they decide to pass the buck because mm -hmm. of the way I've been leading this organization? Like, yeah. What, and then what does that say about my brand? Yeah. You know, I may have been working on this brand for a long time and then, you know. <clears throat> then what happens? Yep. Um, and then, and then maybe, uh, maybe we'll even have some ideas of uh, places we've seen this done wrong. You know, mm. accountability. Um, maybe, uh, maybe who it could have helped. You know. Yep. Mike, I'm sure you've seen companies that that you're just like they could have used some accountability. Oh yeah. Think about oh, big time. Yeah. Yep. Like like it's almost like they didn't know they were doing something wrong. Yep. You know, like Enron. <laughs> for those of you or every other ginormous too big to fail company yeah, too big mm, to fail too see big to fail bringing that in the picture yeah so uh who's doing it right in arizona Ooh. That, that might be a good one yeah i wish we could have callers on this show right now <laughs> someday 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 yeah. we will chris i want to hear i want to hear what's going on that's a good on right. goal to shoot for callers agree yeah and then finally, why does why does all this stuff matter in the first place? You know, why does it even matter? So, so that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, and uh, so, but first, uh, Mike, <clears throat> a very important uh, topic that we need to discuss. It's the elephant in the room that we need to talk about before we do anything else. Okay. Which is I'm ready. Bring it. What is your favorite cheese and why? Ooh, favorite cheese and why? And why? So, I'm going to have mm. to go with mozzarella cheese <laughs> and, and here's why so mozzarella is is mild right it's not a super strong cheese although i do like strong cheeses okay but mozzarella goes with like everything right and when you melt it it's amazing it gets like that chewy stringy like gooeyness it, yes yes and it it just like melts in your mouth yeah and it's got that perfect like texture to bite into, mm. and even when it's like okay, it cools down a little bit. It's like think <laughs> about the pizza the next day. Yeah, right. It's still delicious. Still good. Still delicious. Totally. I want to eat it cold. I want to eat it hot. I want to eat it melted. I want to eat it in a in a string cheese stick. I want to eat it on a cracker. Yeah. Well, and the versatility. I was just thinking oh, about yeah. the cheese stick, right? Yep. String cheese. Kids. Oh, they know. love it. My now, kids can't get <clears> enough of it. Now here's a question: uh, Is it an actual like cheese from the old world, or is it mm -hmm. an, like? I believe I believe it's an Italian cheese. It mozzarella seems like originally. It. But when you think about it, though, but Italian I, food. Yeah. I mean, will you think about like Italian food? Oh, tomato sauce, a tomato, right? Yeah. But 
it's not didn't, really that Italian. Didn't didn't tomatoes only come from the New World? Mm, See, I you think, might be right. I, th- I think that's the truth. So 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 now, like, we go to Olive Garden and we're looking at like these dishes with it. You know, yep. we're like, oh, this is so Italian. Uh, you know, it's but maybe not. It's only been around since Columbus. I have to look that up on Wikipedia. Yeah, and we'll, find we'll out. We'll have to fact check that. Yeah, <clears throat> a little fact check. Uh, <clears throat> do you want to know my favorite cheese? <laughs> yeah, of course I do. Okay. Um, it's cheddar <clears throat> because it's unpretentious, mm-hmm. because it's blue collar, and because it's a hardworking cheese just like me. <laughs> I love that. Here's here's my question though, American cheese. What do we do with that? Um, I typically throw it in the trash, or <clears throat> Stick it on my fishing line because apparently f- oh. fish love it. Yeah, which to me says something about the quality. Yeah, you know, um, fish are not brilliant animals. Let's let's just be honest right now. Right. They they bite things, and often there are hooks in them, and yet they don't they don't let go. You, you so, have to question their judgment because I mean, question their judgment. And and who's ever said like, well, fish do it. <laughs> So you should. I mean, who's ever said that? You know? Yeah. Unless maybe you're an electric eel, and then you got like this cool superpower. But <clears throat> nobody wants to eat eel. So uh, maybe the Japanese a little bit. Yeah, in fancy restaurants. Yeah, probably they somewhere. stick some eel in there. Yeah. So um, okay. So American cheese. So I once went to a place, uh, and I was th- they're like breakfast place, but a lot of old people kind of go there. Okay. No offense to our elderly population, brothers and sisters. Um, trying to think of a political way to say that. They anyway, just have anyhow. different values when it comes to food. Yeah, different. Yeah, like you know? like maybe they can't taste stuff anymore. <laughs> maybe. Uh, yeah, or, or or maybe they're just like so practical and just like I'll eat anything. You know, I'm I'm like too old to care, man. Yeah. It's like everybody else is worried about taking pictures of the food put on Instagram. <laughs> it's like I just I just want to consume I just, calories. Just just keep me alive, man. It's like for another day. <laughs> So anyway, so there's this so there's this restaurant that's called Casey's and it's in Roseburg, Oregon. And I went there and and um, <clears throat> they're like, you want you want an omelet? Um, I'm like, yeah, give me an omelet. And um, I'm like, uh, I'd love I'd love some cheddar on that. That's the cheese I'd like in my omelet. I'm like, oh, we don't have cheddar. I'm just like, you don't do you, have cheddar? How do you not have cheddar? Cheddar's like a standard. Yeah, and and it wasn't like we we're out of stock. It was like we just we don't believe in cheddar almost. Mm-hmm. You know, it was kind of like. And so I'm just, I'm like, all right, well, what do you have? And they're like, well, you have American, which is kind of their standard. I'm just thinking, wow. Yeah. Like. That's, that's sad. Have we given up? Is what I was thinking. That's kind you of know? what that feels like. Um, but as a, a, a Swiss cheese bailed me out, apparently they have some Swiss back there. Okay. Yeah. Swiss, Swiss mm. is like a distant backup on my list. So. Um, See, I, I like Swiss. I used to not like the sourness. Yeah, it's pretty sour. But but now I kind of dig it. Okay. When I was a kid, I didn't like it. It's kind of like an IPA. But I you think you have to warm uh, up to it a little bit. A little bit, yeah, yeah. yeah. And 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 then it becomes kind of like yeah, kind of standard. Mm-hmm. You know, you develop a taste, but you don't have to develop too much of a taste, and then yep. you, yeah, totally. <clears throat> and so um, so for me, it's cheddar. Although I do wish that I'm like, why the why the orange food coloring? Why is that necessary? That, that bothers is very me. true. That they stick a, a lot. lot of food coloring in those things. I, yeah. I got a question for you about cheddar before we wrap up on the cheese. Go for it because, as you as you know, I'm from Oregon where Tillamook, um, it's right. a cheese factory, and so right. I, by osmosis, have acquired. So are you a are you a mild, mm. medium, or sharp cheddar guy? Ooh, see, I different different 
uh, just levels context. for different applications. Okay. Yeah, yeah. it's contextual. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so I would say that um, a sharp is very good on like crackers. Mm. You know. Yep. It can uh, kind of stand almost on its own. <clears throat> Yeah, yeah, and I'll eat, I'll eat, I mean, I'll just, like, I'll just, like, suck on a, on a good, you know what I mean? <laughs> Throw it in there and just kind of suck on it without anything, if it's good, sharp yep. cheddar. And then, um, I like, the, I like the mild, because it has kind of, like, a more of a, um, cheese curd kind of, mm, kind of texture quality, to yeah, yeah, to it. And so, uh, yeah. what, I, what I do love, though, is you take some good Tillamook, slice it real thin, mm. and for some reason, I don't know why, but it just tastes good. Great. It does taste just great. Just like you almost kind of like flop it under your tongue. Yep. You know? Yep. And then. Yep. And it just almost melts right there. Yeah, yeah. And, and I can't describe it because I don't remember it because I just <laughs> go into ecstasy and I just come out and I'm like, what just happened? <laughs> and, so, and so someone else is going to have to maybe try to describe that. That's awesome. So, um, <clears throat> all right. So everybody wants to hear about brands. So, uh, <clears throat> the cheese. Yeah. Come on, guys. Let's dispense with the cheese. That was great. So, um, so the it topic is great. <clears throat> it was it was amazing, and now I'm hungry. Should we postpone the rest of the podcast and go next door cheese? and see if they have? <laughs> no. Chris is shaking no. his head vigorously right no. now. <laughs> um, uh, no puns. No, no puns. puns. I grew up. I grew up. I was the pun man in uh, my house. So I am so. the pun man. Yeah, that's, I was. I gotta. I gotta keep my reputation alive. Yeah. So I'm. Sorry. It does take some skill. Time. It does take some skill to do that. So, um, take some imagination, uh, opportunism mostly. I think. Mostly opportunism. Yeah. And a willingness to, to really just not care what other people think. Which is great because you know what? That's what we want around here. We need a little bit of that. Yep. You know, it's too much. Too much uh, pomp, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, <clears throat> in this podcast, so. Uh, <laughs> it's a big problem for us. All right. So, <laughs> so the question is, all right, so, so let's just kind of open the topic a yep. little bit and accountability is a tool for brands reflection. So let's take, let's maybe take our personal life's reflections and say, what does that have to do with brands? And then how does it apply? Mm-hmm. Is it, is it, um, how does a brand sit there and have like a quiet time? where they're mm. thinking about. So so let's first yep. talk about what it is. What is that reflection, that accountability, that self-accountability yep. that we have? Yeah. So I can think about like different points in my year where self-reflection kind of is kind of built in to the timeline. So for instance, I think for a lot of people, this is the case, you know, the end of the year, the beginning of the new year, as you approach New Year's Day, New Year's Eve, a lot of people, I I do it. I think about what happened this last year. How did things go? Yep. Who am I as a person? What decisions did I make? Were those good? Were those bad? What habits have I built? Um, what things do I want to see happen differently in the next year? What kind of goals do I want to achieve? I think there's kind of a natural rhythm there with with a new year. And I think you see that a lot in businesses too, um, in companies and organizations where like there's a natural kind of let's pause for a moment and think about what happened and where we're headed and where we want to go and do those things align and and how have we been acting. Um, But I think um, while there is that, that desire there at the end of the year to consider that, I think you have to be a little bit more intentional, right? Like I think, I think it's easy for me as an individual to just, take an hour or two near the end of the year and and ponder those questions and write some things down and think about this next year and what, what habits I want to change. 
but I think with organizations, there's just there's so much activity going on, so many people doing so many different things that <coughs> you almost need to have like a a ritual that forces you to to pause for a moment and think about what has happened and what will happen or what you want to happen. So uh, that that's interesting because you almost make it sound like. Um companies should maybe potentially adopt kind of this thing that seems spiritual right now. Right. Mm. Um, I'll tell you, I'll tell you where, and I, and I agree, you know, I think it has to be something that that's brought to, um, is brought uh, into and digested by, and then expressed by reflected by the hearts and souls of all your employees. Right. Um, But, but I'll tell you about my, so for, for me, for sure there's that and I wonder if it's the end of the year kind of like Christmas is over now what kind of thing and then the New Year's resolutions and like all right, now it's time to think of all the things that I've wanted to do and that I haven't actually done that I haven't actually planned to do and so um, but I do notice there's a difference between people who are hey I want to get better at this and because of the way I'm feeling right now because it's Christmas and I know that that's going to be next month then I can just feel it, and then it'll happen because I've changed somehow, right? Yeah. But after a few years, you start realizing, no, no. I, I haven't really changed because I know I've, I've done that so many times in the past. Yep. I'm not – I didn't fall off the turnip truck, right? Yep. So <clears> – or at least I didn't fall off the turnip truck just now. <laughs> yeah. So – so uh, and I've never understood that saying. I, I, the d- turnip truck is that where babies come from? I don't know. Uh, I mean, yeah, or we're all so, turnips. Yeah, is it a I metaphor? Right. Are right. we all fake carrots? Right. Because I kind right. of feel like a turnip's a fake carrot. It's like I wanted to be a carrot, but I got fat. It's the American cheese oh. of the carrot industry. Oh, yeah. or, it's a little bitter. Turnips can be a little. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So, um, yeah. So. <clears throat> not go too far down that road. Or I, it's you know. The row, we we don't want to hoe down that row too too far. Um, <laughs> so did I just do that? Yeah, you okay. did just do right. that. <clears throat> so, <laughs> Got it out of your system. Okay. So, <laughs> so um, the uh, the uh, so so for for for, for brands. So so for me, uh, what I what I tend to do is, um, I, I think I'm starting to realize that I can realize stuff. I can you know say, hey, I want to change in this way. But I have to, I have to choose my battles, and I have mm. to, you know, focus on one thing right now, and not try to, f- not try to focus on other things because, by definition, that's not focusing, yep. right? So focus on one thing, and then say, what habits am I gonna, you know, yep. take, you know, into this next year? Yep. Um, and and for me, of course, I have my quiet time every morning. Yep. Some people meditate. You know, we don't have to get into specifics, but at the same time, uh, I have accountability to a being, let's say, that yep. is, um, that I am not going to try to BS and, <laughs> and, uh, knows me better than I know myself. And so, so there's that, that whole thing too, where, yep. where, uh, you know, I, I can, I can verbalize things. Um, I use my voice recorder and I verbalize things I'm unhappy with myself mm-hmm. about. Um, and so I guess, I guess the next question would be how do, how do brands, yeah. Um, like, how does that extend? Is there a complete disconnect? It's like, oh yeah, but that's that's for people. Brands are different. Or is there almost kind of a continuation? It's you just have to figure out how to apply. I, I the, think the principles. Are the same. Yeah, I think the principle is the same, right? Like, the way that you treat your brand really should be how you treat yourself. Um, a brand is an extension of your culture, and your culture is based on the behaviors and the vision and the values of. The organization, which is a bunch of people, 
right? Mm. So if we apply and kind of extrapolate out like a bunch of individuals trying to all be maybe better human beings and going through these processes to help evaluate like what do I want to change in my life? How do I want to create better habits? How do I want to better be myself, right? So some of that is like self-identification, like understanding your own self-identity. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, having a worldview, having a philosophy and around which that can, that makes sense, right? Like that's where it starts ultimately. And I think yeah. brands do the exact same thing. I think the difference is it's easier for us to see the patterns and the rituals and the processes in our own individual lives to some degree. I mean, right. I would say a lot of people still struggle with that. Um, and I, I'm included. Like, I don't think I'm, I'm perfect at, at doing those things. Um, but I think, you know, how do you extrapolate that to an organization, hmm. right? Where there's lots of people involved in the, in the activities and the behaviors of the brand. Right. How do you do self-reflection when it's, a group think mm-hmm. um, that's a little bit harder. So I think, yeah, it's more the application. That's the hard part. The principles are really the same. Well, let me ask you this then, because <clears throat> I think of and something I didn't plan to talk about, but you're, you're really bringing up some good points. This idea that if I'm going to change, I have to cut off certain things in my own life, right? I have mm-hmm. to cut off habits and yep. I have to, maybe I don't even, I'm not even friends with the same people, yep. right? Because I feel like maybe they're, they're, they're not, I'm not able to be, have a leadership role in that relationship and, um, maybe they're not living a healthy life or whatever. And so I'm just like, all right, cool. Well, I'm going to step out of that. It's not healthy. It's not helping anybody. Yep. Um, I wonder if there's an application for employees. I mean, how do you, mm. I'm almost thinking, wow, this has implications on how you hire yep. and who you choose to let go and why and yep. when, you know, and, yep. and it's almost like <clears throat> there's this discipline where. Yeah, there's some hard steps you take, but with clarity, you can take those hard steps. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're not sure, though, you're not going to do the hard things. You're only going to do the hard things, you know, when you're sure, which requires clarity, which requires solitude, leadership, and accountability. Yep. So, so if, <clears throat> what would you recommend? Or would you recommend someone who doesn't have their own quiet time, their own? Um, would you recommend that CEO to you know go to their company and immediately start doing it there? <laughs> how, how would you how would you recommend this process for oh, someone man. who hasn't you know really been been doing this? Well, I think you you got to ask the question first. Who's who's thinking about doing this? Right? At what level in the organization are we talking? Because it's one thing when a CEO says, "I want I want our brand to get better," right? right? Right. There's some there's some tools and processes in the hands of a CEO that just aren't available to the rest of the company. Um, there's a level of leadership, right? So if it's not the CEO asking these questions, if it's someone beneath the CEO, if it's someone not in a strong leadership position like that, then I think you have to think about some other ways to do it. It's almost like um, I remember from from back in my past doing UX design. Right. Um, a lot of companies, and still a lot of companies, don't have UX principles baked into their processes. Right. So how do you as a UX designer come in and begin to apply, apply those principles without changing the whole organization? And I think that comes through practicing them at a personal level. So, mm. And I think this goes for the CEO down to like the janitor, right? Right. If you're, if, you're, if you're representing the brand in some way, shape, or form, and I'll just say it right now, 
everyone in the company and probably people outside the company represent the brand. Right? Mm-hmm. They are a part of creating and executing and behaving the brand on a day-to-day right. basis, even the janitor. Right. 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 Even if the janitor does isn't <clears throat> the paycheck doesn't come from the brand. Maybe it comes through a vendor. That vendor is an extension of the brand. Mm-hmm. Um, so, thinking about that, how do we apply that? We can take that and go. You know what? I'm. Let's say I'm the marketing director. Right. I'm somewhere in the middle. So if I'm the marketing director, how can I begin to practice the brand in my day to day operation, mm-hmm. in my day to day decisions? And I do think, like, it's, it has to start, I think, with um, clarity, right? Like you said, if I don't understand the brand, if I don't know how to clearly, clearly, like, communicate it, how in the world am I going to assess whether my behavior and decisions need to change? Yeah, if, if, there's, no, if there's no goal, yep. then there can be no right and wrong. Yep. Uh, according to that goal. Um, and so you can't measure trade-offs. You can't measure nope. trade-offs and how I behave. I can burn customers and that might be yep. okay because our strategy is yeah. just to turn, feel turn it out, customers. I mean, but then we know <clears throat> how susceptible our feelings are to the whims of every day. Right? Ooh, yeah. That's feelings wild. are a horrible <clears throat> way to gauge how things should go. Right. They're a great gauge of how did something go just now hmm. but even then there's there's a lot of variables that play into emotions like i can walk in uh to my office with my team tomorrow and have had an argument with with my wife that morning that 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 then impacts the rest of my day mm. did that mean it was a bad day did that mean that our company did poorly that that my employees um should feel like they're horrible at what they do because i had uh, an external argument to the company that somehow influenced my feelings of mm-hmm. the day? No, it's not the truth, right? So the truth is beyond the feeling. Um, and I think that's what's important is really understanding, like, what is the truth of our brand? Right, and, and, and in other words, the feelings represent maybe not what's on the surface and may represent yep. something that's immediately behind that, but heavier, right? Yep. Or um, it's kind of like when... You know, you think someone doesn't like you, and then you find out, oh, they were just having a bad day. No, they exactly. they, they they love me or whatever, yep. you know, and <clears throat> and we yep. just don't know all the details. Feelings okay. are very fickle. They are, man. They are. So I think that's where it has to start. There need, there's probably, and that mm. probably requires some set-aside, dedicated time for that person to either start writing down what they think the truth of the brand is. Mm-hmm. What does it mean? Maybe having some conversations with specific people. Um, that have great influence on the brand to verify those assumptions. Um, maybe pulling a group of people who are like-minded and feeling like, hey, we want some clarity so that we can really assess our own behavior and our culture mm-hmm. and make changes that need to happen in order to be more true to who we are as an as a organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, pull them together. Do this together as a team, as a group. Uh, but I think it does start with some self-reflection first. And that has to be almost like some set aside, like, I'm going to take two hours in two weeks from now when I know my calendar is a little bit more clear, block out two hours and sit down and write. Hmm. And let's just get my thoughts out about what I think this brand is and what it isn't. Then I need to go validate that and verify that. I need to come back the next week and go, is that right? Were those just feelings that have now changed or is that still true? Right. Um, I think that's a that's a continual process. Mm hmm. Validate, validate, validate. Yeah, well, and, and you and I have talked before, too, about this uh, because 
the uh, like we talked about doing a podcast, you know, talked about the whole idea of doing a podcast with CEOs or, or leaders within a company because um, <clears throat> because they can expound their thoughts, right? Yep. And uh, and the fact that you know, and then we talked about, oh yeah, but but you really need a good interviewer because you need someone who's going to ask harder questions about things and not just let them off the hook and just yep. say, oh, isn't this great? Wow, yep. stupendous, awesome, great. And use all these modifiers, but but actually get to the verbs. Like, what yep. do we do that backs up that brand, right? Yep. And so yeah, that's it, critical. That's it's so good. It's that accountability, um, putting yourself around people who will um, who will be willing to ask hard questions on your behalf, yep. right? Thus, making you stronger. the The question for me is, how many of us can really can really expose ourselves to? Oh, what's the key in that? I mean, can, can you expose yourself first of all? Can you expose yourself to anybody? I mean, who, who, who? What, what are the standards, uh, Mike? I mean, who, who do you talk to? Who you trust? <laughs> you and your own accountability, yeah. and why? Um, so, my own personal accountability. It's it's very close friends, uh, most of whom are from my church, and that that I think partly comes from the fact that it's hard to have accountability with people that don't have the same worldview as you, right? Yeah. Um, not that you shouldn't ever have those conversations with someone from a different worldview, a different philosophy, but I think you're you're going to struggle a bit um, because most of that is going to come as a challenge to your own worldview. And that's kind of the, that's the point, right? Challenge each right. other, take two different worldviews and really kind of flush it out. But when you meet with people who have the same worldview, you now get kind of a, a consensus, right? You, you're all coming from the same playing field and you know the rules of the game, right? You yeah. know, you, you look at each other in the eyes and you say, we're holding each other to the same, the same level of behavior. Yeah, The right. same behaviors, the same uh, values that are, those behaviors are rooted in. And so we can ask each other tough questions knowing that I'm not trying to one-up you, I'm not trying to win an argument, I'm here to help because I'm in the same boat as you. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's that's one, right? Another is people in leadership above me um, in that group, right? Having someone who's an expert who says, I've been there, I, I understand um, these values maybe even better than I do um, and can help guide me in that process. So it, there's like a peer aspect. So there's peers and we hold the same worldview and then there's an expert or experts that we go to. And I think, I think you find that true of like, if you think about anyone, it doesn't have to be in like a religious setting. Mm -hmm. You know, it could be in a secular setting. Like when we think about who are the people that influence us in our work, in our profession, in our whatever specialty we have, we go to our peers to hold us accountable and we go to our, our, the experts. Sometimes people we don't even know, right? We just, we just consume their ideas and their thoughts, and we then internal, internally filter our behaviors through those and go, oh, am I doing that? Am I doing right. that? Right. We, we, we look at the story we tell ourselves about them, and then we hold ourselves yep. accountable. We compare ourselves with that, that yeah. story. Yeah, and hopefully, you know, I think most people desire a, a more relational um, mentor mm -hmm. um, that can help also hold us accountable okay uh, yeah and, and I think my experience is similar as well because um, <clears throat> you know I hold myself um, accountable to people who have uh, so, so there is 
one guy I can think of who's a good friend of mine, and he doesn't have any professional. I mean, he's not like a he's not a professional. He's he's a, he's a millwright, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so a lot of people would think of that. Oh, you know, what are you doing hanging around with this millerite? Well, he's a great guy. He's he has courage. He, he taught me Muay Thai, right? I mean, he's like the guy who will um, he will protect the innocent. He will stand up and protect the innocent. And he's a great. Um, he's not he's not who uh, who you might think. You know, oh yeah, that guy is, can be a mentor for Chris. Well, but we both mentor each other because he mm-hmm. likes me for the same reasons, and I add value to his, and so. Um, you know, in one sense, that's kind of a brand relationship as well, brand and customer. You know, it's like we like each other. You know, yep. they make me more myself. They, you know, whatever. But at the same time, uh, that person holds me accountable on a um, on a on a level of integrity that my profession doesn't tell me. Mm. Right. So when I would um, teach uh, <clears throat> when I would teach students at the University of Oregon, we, we we always had the ethics class, right? Especially in the big service classes with like two hundred whatever kids in it. You always had to have an ethics section in there because you wanted people to understand, like this. You're learning stuff; it can be used for good and for evil. Yep. Um, same thing with brands. There's a lot of leverage there, yep. and so, and so, um, the question was not, you know, like, all right, what are the ethics for the for the advertising industry? Um, the question was, what's right and wrong? And and I would always try to push back on that. And I know I was supposed to be teaching ethics, um, <laughs> but I was really like, well, what's behind ethics and why does all this matter? This is a liberal arts, you know, like way of thinking. You can't just say, what boxes do I have to check? And so that I can be, you know, righteous. <laughs> you have to ask. And so that's what I love about what you said about, you know, having accountability with people who will say, it doesn't matter what your industry does. It doesn't matter what everybody else does. You know, um, y- you know, if if um, if a fish jumped off a cliff, all right. Anyway, we're talking about the fish, right? We're talking about the accountability fish. They're bad judges, okay? Um, <clears throat> the WD forty. Anyway, <laughs> the whole point is like, if you know, you're holding yourself accountable to something so much higher and so much more valuable. I think, mm-hmm. and I think maybe that's the word is so much more valuable than just the opinions of other people. Yes. What would happen, Mike, if? Barans stopped looking at like, oh, hey, oh, yeah, the society's going this way, pop culture's going this way. Okay, well, let's run as fast as we can, jump in front, and then pretend that we were always leading the charge and so that our stock can go up. I mean, what would happen if they, they stopped doing that and said, you know, we're going to find out who we are yep. and we're going to allow that to come out, right? What would happen, Mike? I mean, what would Arizona look like? <laughs> what would, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think... Oh man, you like nailed it right there. Like fish. that's the, that's the alternative, right? With the fish thing or the, the, the... <laughs> no, you hooked it with the fish thing. <laughs> nice, <laughs> well done. All right. I did not see that coming. Um, no, like like that's the alternative, right? That's the the antithesis. If you're not if you're not true to yourself and like who you really are as an organization, as a brand, mm-hmm. as a culture, and you're not continually refining that behavior. Then the alternative is you're an also and, right? You're you're just another one trying, attempting to be in front of what others are doing, right? Mm-hmm. Or at least with them, right? I want to be I want to be at the at the leading of the pack of people, but guess what? You're still a follower, right? Mm-hmm. You're not actually leading that pack, yeah, because you've jumped on someone else's pack, you've jumped on someone else's tribe, and you're running with them and co-opting it, right? Right. And that, I mean, there's a whole bunch of danger in that. One is 
when that tribe goes left and you didn't know they were going to go left or they go right, you didn't know they were going to go right, you get left in the dust. Ooh. Or, or. And. And. Okay, good. And the true leaders of that tribe know what you're doing. Mm. Right? Because they're ahead of you. And they can see you in the rearview mirror and they go, where did you come from? Mm-hmm. And why are you shouting at everyone behind us mm-hmm. to follow you when we've been here the whole time mm-hmm. and we're actually creating the momentum that is that is driving this this movement? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's a disingenuousness there that eventually, maybe in the short term, you can get away with that, right? Yeah. But eventually, like you know, those guys or those girls who you're you're in a you're, let's say you're a part of some community, some group, and they show up out of the blue and start really like kind of jostling their weight around and taking some leadership and kind of co-opting the language that's being used. And you know that they're just totally faking it. Yeah. You know it. You can feel it. Well, and even the people who are sucking it up and are like, Oh, I love this. I love this nice stuff that this person's telling me and everything. Even they kind of know it, but they just like it. Yeah. It's like, it it makes me think of climbers, Mm -hmm. you know, climbers in business, you know, those people who you don't, you shouldn't trust. But they have such a nice face and they just show like <laughs> they know how to work the system, you know, and, and if you ask their employees if they if they, you know, how they think about them, they, you might not hear such good things, but you don't because you don't ask, you know, you, just, you know, and I'm wondering if that may be part of this conversation as well. You know, it's like thinking about how, you know, hiring, you know, that kind of thing yep. and who you're looking for, who's expressing your brand, but it's almost like, and brands can be made up of those people. Oh yeah. And those people can kind of like, I sometimes feel like those people kind of like, like, uh, move to the top and kind of hang out right at the top, just the tip top, you know? And, um, they're the leeches. Yeah. But, but it's so odd because we call them the leadership. Yeah. You know, but the question is, are they leading? So now what, what I think we're describing here is brands that are climbers, Mm. right? They, they look at culture and they say, um, you know, now, now I also want to say though, that there's, there's the value that a lot of brands bring in following culture is fine. It's not like, it's not, I mean, we're not saying like every brand that is trying to keep up with culture, there's anything wrong with that. In fact, we would, we would counsel brands to do that very same thing, but, and I'm seeing you nod, um, but only after you know who you are yes. because you want to know, yes. right? I mean, wh- where am I going regardless of what the crowd is doing and yes. how do I lead my company? How do I treat my employees? What kind of integrity do I have that then helps me understand where I'm going? So I got an example for yes. you. Yes, yes. Maybe. <clears throat> so I'm not on the inside at Whole Foods. Okay. So I can't speak for what are their true values of their brand? What is the true like essence of that brand? Mm-hmm. But they're hurting right now. And it's interesting that if you look over the last 10 years of Whole Foods existence, they've really staked their brand on one thing. And that is organic food. They were like, we are going to be the local store that supplies you organic food because no one else is doing it. Okay. Right. Right. So they jumped on a bandwagon, which is organic food, and, and that's not a bad bandwagon to jump on. That's probably a good one. Mm-hmm. Everyone feels good about it. Um, and they jumped on and really owned that. The problem is now their competitors have caught up. Their competitors offer organic produce and organic foods. Mm. You go into Safeway, there's a whole section in the produce section that's all organic food. 
okay, maybe it's not as much choice as as Whole Foods. Right. But because Whole Foods didn't diversify their movement, they didn't diversify their culture beyond organic, 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 they have now lost their edge. And they're losing stores. Okay. Um, they're cutting stores like crazy because of it. Um, because they can't compete. And it's because they latched onto something that isn't intrinsically something they can really say, this is... This is it's probably true to them, right? I think they firmly believe in organic food, mm-hmm. but they didn't, at least from the outside, it looks like they didn't go deeper. They didn't okay. go, what is it about organic food that right. drives us to want to be that kind of store? And when someone else co-ops the culture movement, right. or at least just jumps on the bandwagon, right? Mm-hmm. You know, Safeway by no way, no means is leading the pack, right? They're just like, oh, we're back here and we're just doing it because we can pick up a few stragglers. Right. But they're in so they're so prevalent with their stores that like, well, if, if I got to drive 3 miles to get to a Whole Foods, but I only have to drive like quarter mile to get to the Safeway for the same food right. at a cheaper price. Right. I'm going to go there. Yeah. Because Whole Foods didn't didn't deepen the brand beyond that. Yeah, no, I, I see what you mean and, and the only um, the only way we have confidence to deepen a brand, because I can tell you right now, I mean, brands just like people get anxious. And that's yep. exactly kind of what we're talking about here yep. is like, how do you own your own? Well, and so it's hard to know what to commit to. You have to commit to something. You have to make yep. a decision. Yep. How do you how do you do that, right? And so without really good leadership on the inside, it's not that I'm saying they have bad leader. I mean, we're just kind of using them as an example. Yeah, Unfortunately, we're kind we of throwing them under on, the but, microscope yeah, and, yeah. and with limited information, <clears throat> exactly, right? Exactly, yeah. So there's some assumptions. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. Complete, complete just assumption. Um, <laughs> We do so know don't this. Take any of this they're not doing as great. So yeah, that's what we know. We can we can talk about that, but and so, um, but but yeah, and, and so, uh, how do you how do you focus when you can't make a decision? Yeah. Um, and then because what you're talking about is this this focus, kind of like this faith. You almost have to have this faith that um, sticking with organic means something, and we're gonna find out what it is, and we're yep. gonna lead this movement from the front. And we're going to initiate some forward motion on this thing. You, but you have to, it's almost like faith. You have to believe there's something there. And then you have to believe in your ability to go find out what it is and develop that philosophy. Yep. I don't know how you do that while you're trying to, you know, doing risk management and cutting costs and things like that, because that's a different focus and it's a different, um, uh, you, you can almost hire people to do that. You should hire people to do that. Yep. But you, you, th- that That's should not COO. be the focus. <laughs> yeah. But that should not be the focus of the of the of the brand leadership. Yep. The leadership is first introspective, yep. and then finds out what does this mean to the world, yep. and how they, how how then does this serve other people you yeah. know, that are out there. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, I think that's critical. Like that's the follow up. It's it's not just introspection and navel gazing for the sake of. Navel gazing, right, right? right? It's how do I then turn this into service to others? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's something that, man, like I have so many conversations around that and everyone starts nodding their head when we start talking about brands are about creating relationships where the brand guides and serves the customer. Mm-hmm. And everyone starts nodding their head, and yet when I look, and at, I'm nodding my head right now. Yeah, yeah, everyone does. I just fell into that. Like nobody, nobody wants to say, "Oh no, it's not about that. It's just right. about making some money." Right. Well, maybe some boardrooms. That's maybe the conversation going on. But I, I have yet to find an owner who's like full throttle. Just you know what? 
I just care about making a buck. Right. I don't want to serve anyone. Nobody's going to admit that. It, it, they're at least not admitting it. And when I look at you know most businesses, it's like at least how they got founded. They, they originally were founded as, I, I want to do something for yeah, someone else. Right. And intrinsically, because it's commerce, it's it's you're providing a product or service for a person. I mean, until we start selling right. to robots, right. which we can argue that at a different time, whether that's even possible. That's like B to B. No, like, I'm just joking. <laughs> that's B to R. Business to robot. B to R, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're selling to Google index bots or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like commerce is a transaction between people. And so at some level, like, you have to serve someone. There's just no way around that. Right. Um, I guess you could you could lie. You could cheat. You could steal. But that's not really commerce. Right. That's something else. That's theft. Or that's fraud. Um, we have ethical terms and legal terms to define those things. But it's not considered, like, true commerce. And, you know, you can argue where that line is. But... Um, right. You know, I think most people know when they're being, or at least they know in hindsight they were being shystered. Mm-hmm. Right? Shystered. Shystered. We're making up. That's words a good today. verb. We do make up words. We are not afraid. Um, word smiths. Yeah. Uh, word smithery going on. Yeah. Um, yes. So if uh, so, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask a little follow up question. Um, what? Who, who who do brands talk to? Oh. Who do brands talk to? That who are who are the good voices and who are the bad voices yep. that they that they talk to that influence them? Now I will tell you that, and and well, I'm giving you time to think. I'm going to tell you that in my life I have to listen to. I know that there are people out there who will tell me, "Look, it's all about the numbers," mm-hmm. right? I am not about the numbers because I'm about relationships and deepening those relationships yep. and more and more and trying to push that direction, right? Yep. And, um, but there will be people who tell me it's all about the numbers and occasionally I want some of that influence, right? Because yep. the numbers can show me that that's part of that introspection that I need. Yes. But each time I look at those numbers after I remind myself, Chris, be brave, right? Be brave and go after the right, go, yep. do it for the right reasons. Brands though. So you're a brand. Um, how do you, you know, who do you, who do you listen to? Who should you listen to? Well, I think first, and with a giant smile on my face, you have to listen to your agency. <laughs> your advertising agency. <laughs> no, I mean, okay, let's let's be honest. Wait, there's, there's which outside... agency? Are there good agencies and bad agencies, Mike? Oh, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. I know that we're self-serving because we're yes. in the advertising industry, yes. but... Those that start with Resound or Chris, <laughs> those are the good ones. <laughs> yeah, in most cases. Uh, asterisk, yeah. Yes. So, yes. Um, uh, no, I mean, I, yes, that's obviously an answer. And I think right. it's part of the answer, which is the agencies and consultants who you know have proven track records, who have a voice that you respect, um, you should listen to them. Whether or not you buy from them is is a whole nother question, right? You can listen to them without having to buy from them. Um, I know in my own life and with my own business, there are consultants that I follow religiously. Mm. Well, maybe not religiously because I still try to take a grain of salt, right? Because they're not my business. Right. Um, But there's a lot I can learn from them. Yep. Um, And right now, you know, we're a small business. I only have so much funds to spread around and 
it doesn't make sense to hire every consultant that comes by, even if I really respect them and, and like what they, like agree with what they're saying, um, or at least what they're saying is helping, right? Right. Um, so like find those resources, find those people who are speaking truth and listen to them. And if, if you're really compelled that what they're offering makes a lot of sense, pay them, right? Mm. Absolutely pay them. Um, but those outside perspectives are good. I think sometimes one of the huge benefits of a consultant or an agency is to get a perspective from a partner who cares about you and your brand, who really wants to see success for you happen, but who isn't in the day-to-day grind with you, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times, yeah, you can get lots of feedback from your employees and your staff and from your leadership team, but those people are inherently biased mm-hmm. because they have a limited perspective of the brand. They have an inside perspective, which is a fantastic perspective and one that shouldn't be discounted, mm-hmm. but it's limited. Yeah. Um, and so I think an, an outside external partner is often a really good check on those things. Can you, that can help validate mm. or change or, or adjust your perspective. Oh yeah. Um, and give you some, a different one. A lot of times too, you're, you're, when you talk about agencies and consultants, you're talking about people who've worked with other brands yeah. and can apply some of their learnings from other brands to yours. So you don't have to learn the same failures over again, um, that they've learned already. Yeah. Well, and, and I'll, I'll tell you as well, I, I'm a, as you know, I'm thinking of going in house somewhere, yes. right? <clears throat> um, one of the one of the things I think that I'm I'm arguing is as as a value that I have right is, <clears throat> first of all, uh, a great network of people who I trust and yep. um, people who are outside of the company because yep. people who are in the industry but have a different point of view. Yep. And so because I'm I, I could potentially be going into an industry that I haven't I haven't worked in the last twenty years straight right and so um, and so what do I have? Well, I have a fresh perspective, but that's yep. that has a shelf life. Because yep. when I go there, it's not going to stay fresh. I'm going to drink the Kool-Aid. Yep. I want to drink the Kool-Aid yep. right, to an extent. You're going to make the Kool-Aid. I, you know what? I will be making the Kool-Aid. <laughs> and maybe spiked. But, <laughs> special occasions. It'll but, be even better. Yeah. So, but, um, but We're now uh, all drinking whiskey instead of Kool-Aid. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. Um, so so uh, the uh, Hope CEO can hold his liquor. So anyway. <laughs> All right, rabbit trail. Um, so, uh, but but yeah, you know, and, and so I'm I'm bringing in um, some some past experience I've had because I have had experience in the industry, and then I'm also bringing in a lot of resources, you yep. know, that, that uh, people I've trusted, people I can, um, who's uh, who's who work for other clients, yep. right? Um, and then and then also a uh, kind of a mastermind group, you know, yep. where of guys like you, you know, and and others who um you know I'm I'm gonna meet with regularly to talk over stuff because why should it be harder yep. than it needs to be? I mean, I'm going to have, <clears throat> I'm going to get solutions, um, to problems, brilliant solutions, to problems I didn't know I had. Um, I'm going to find, um, brilliant solutions to problems I do know I have. And, uh, and it's all going to be, it's all going to happen very quickly over a lunch once yep. a month or whatever, because I, you know, and, and who knows? I mean, that's, that's the, that's the start of a cool relationship and, and it could turn into business for them too. And so, and so there are those people out there. Yep. People will have lunch with you. Yep. Why wouldn't you? You know, and so and so I, I'm just thinking from an in, inside perspective, in house perspective. You know, it's yep. why wouldn't I do that? Yeah, it's just going to make me better. Yeah. So like, I mean, even if you're not the CEO, it's almost like build your own advisory board. 
Mm. You know, mm. like, hey, I'm the marketing director. Build a, an advisory board of other marketing directors or CEOs or CMOs or people you just really respect within your industry mm. and even outside your industry, right? Yeah, find people who aren't direct competition with your yes. organization and yeah. that kind of thing, but um, but then have slightly different perspectives, but the same yep. values of excellence, right? And I think that may be... I don't know. Is that is that for you? I mean, for me, people can have different points of view, but they need to believe in excellence and yep. have standards that are a little higher than mine. Yep. You know, so that I can kind of get to Yeah, it, right? you want people that are going to push you, <clears throat> right? Mm, yeah. So, I mean, it goes back to the old adage, like, you are the, the company you keep. Yeah. And so if you, if you surround yourself with people who are maybe not as excellent or don't have the same level of excellence as you do, they're lower, right? They're not going to inspire you to, to push and to grow. But if you surround yourself with people who are ahead of you, who have been there, or who at least have a high level of excellence, um, they're going to encourage and inspire and, and prod you and poke you and, mm. and really push you to be something that you might not have been otherwise. Yeah. Um, so some of the other places or, or people I, I, I love to see involved in, in kind of that gut check process okay. um, would be your own customers so who who would have thought who would have thought that your customers would give you good feedback about how your brand is doing or not doing but how do you do that because i yes. see companies they're like oh you know here's a five question survey um yep. net promoter score or whatever yep. um yeah, that that gives us all start. the information we need uh, that's a good start right that's that's like one step better than you opening up google analytics okay right okay because google analytics is all right it'll give you some ideas about how things are going. I, I'd, I'd argue that from a brand perspective, it'd be pretty hard. Um, those numbers are pretty abstracted from your brand. So, okay, go one step further. I mean, do gives, some customer gives, surveys, right? Okay. Do, do, do an NPS scoring. Um, do the simple. Those are simple, right? Mm. Those are easy. Right. It takes a, it, there's a very little commitment from the brand or the customer to, to evaluate those. Right. Um, I would say push it further. So, how, inter- how do interview you do that? your customers. Oh yeah. Go meet your customers. Go say, hey, can I can I come and watch you use our product? Can I watch you buy it in our store? Secret shoppers. Mm. That's a great way to see what the customer experience looks like um, by acting as the customer. Right. Go, and go hire an outside firm or somebody to help you do that. So that there's no, you know, because you're going to bring in those biases if you secret shop yourself. Right. So bring in an outside perspective. Have them secret shop you. Um, but, yeah, interview customers. And, and you know, it, in whatever way that makes sense for your, for your company and what your finances allow, mm-hmm. make it worth their time. Right? Give them a free product trial. Give them uh, a massive discount. Treat them well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Although you want to be careful about how you do that because you want to get realistic feedback. Maybe have an outside firm help you with that mm-hmm. um, so that you're getting – so I'm not trying to plug Resound even though it's kind of my job. So. Even though why not, right? Why not? I but mean, here's an example, right? So when we do big branding initiatives, especially rebrands for our customers where they have an existing customer – they have an existing customer base and we're working with them to evaluate the brand, right? And right. Where does, how does it need to change? How do you want it to change? What's possible? What is the truth of the brand? One of the things that we use is we say, all right, 
you need to generate for us a list of customers who we can call and schedule interviews with. And those interviews are often 30 to, to, 30 to 60 minutes long. Mm. I mean, I, if I could, they'd be like four hours long, but that's just not reasonable for most people. Right. And that is a fantastic way for us to validate the things that the brand thinks about themselves. Right. right. So the internal leadership, we've already done like a workshop or a question, you know, questionnaire and a workshop and surveys with them and interviews with the leadership team and said, hey, you know, let's download. Let's see what you think you are. Mm-hmm. Right. All right. Let's go talk. And we're going to validate that with some hard conversations. And because we're an outside an outsider, one, uh, we can ask hard questions and not feel bad about it. Yep. <laughs> There's no cost to us. Yep. Um, and two, customers of our clients are willing to be open and honest with us. Because yeah. we're very clear about, one, we're going to anonymize this data. So right. we're not going to go back to our client and say, hey, Joe Smith, at so you know, Joe Smith, who's one of your customers for 20 years, just said this about you. Right. Like, that protects the customer. So they can re- really give us really good qualitative feedback mm-hmm. um, and honestly it's like one of those things that's like if you're in service based business you're probably already doing this right? at some level like I hope your account managers or your customer service team is serving the customers well and asking them how was your experience yeah but I'm always surprised see I'm always surprised when I hear about companies that, oh and they don't <clears throat> they're you know, big companies they, they spend a lot they may even have really nice Advertising really well produced yep. videos or whatever, and then you find out that they don't really know much about their customer. They just they just they, they assume so much. They, yep. they they and and here's what they always say: Oh, I I know the customers because I am one. Yep. Right? What's the problem with that? <clears throat> but you're also the brand. Like mm-hmm. you can't be the customer and the brand at the same time. Yeah. Right. They're just the, the, there's two different mindsets there, mm-hmm. and so I think that can get you to a point, right? That can that can carry you a certain. It's, yeah, it certainly has some. It data, has some data merit to and value to some, it. Yeah, totally. but at some point, like the context within which you purchase your own product mm-hmm. is different. You think right. about it differently because you know all the ins and outs. Right. You know what's going in on the back end. Mm-hmm. You understand how you you know Joe who's in manufacturing who is putting that part on that piece of that product. And you have an emotional connection to it that a customer will never have. Mm. Now, maybe that's a story you can use in your advertising to better build that emotional connection. Right. <laughs> have them meet Joe. Right. Meet Joe. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's like you have an emotional connection to your own brand in a way that no customer does. Right, right. Um, and so you're going to have those biases. Yep. And you're going to be like, um, I think the classic example is the engineer who um, puts the button, adds the button, yep. right? And for them, it's all about the button. Yep. Until you go and talk to customers, and they say it's about this, and they it's get the very switch. emotional. I don't care about get, the button. I care about the switch. Yeah, or like, or something totally different. Maybe it's the, maybe it's the, um, the form factor. Maybe it's the portability. Maybe it's a different feature altogether. Yep. You know, but it's it's the the switch is new, or the button is new though. It's new. Yep. It's a problem I solved. And so it's easy to get that tunnel vision, and it's awesome that you can solve those problems. I mean, it's killer. That's that's why customers come to you, but. It may not be um, it may not be the button, and in in order for us to be objective, we have to take our eyes off what we think is so cool about what we do, yep. and then uh, be able to to, uh, to say, okay, well, let's like get some distance from that, yep. 
And um, <clears throat> I believe accountability is a part of that. You know, how do we get that distance? So, so so far we've talked about <clears throat> we've talked about values. You know, we're really talking about values a lot. The first part of the podcast, um, the same part of the podcast, we talked a little more brass tacks about like you know about you know products getting getting feedback customers. And I love that you brought that up. Um, who else is involved? And so um, and so how do you you know what's maybe maybe the question is what do you Mike um, suggest that uh, that um, to start. Let's just say there's a company they they have no accountability. They're a smart company. They care about the right things. I think that's a prerequisite for this it whole is. conversation. Probably you're not listening to this if you don't care about <laughs> at least the right things. You know, saying hey, we want to help. You would have checked out about twenty minutes ago. Yeah, that you would have, or you'd be asleep drooling on your paper right now, or whatever. Um, but um, but so assuming you care about the right things, your brand cares about. You don't want to sell out, but you feel pressure to um, to uh, make it all about the numbers because yep. there's so many numbers, and you want to make it all about the data because there's so much data available now, and it's very uh, it's very tempting, right? And you can always use the data as an excuse if you fail, right? Yep. So that's that's cool, but how do you get away from that and say, you know, how do I hold myself accountable to being the company, the brand that we want to be? Yeah. Well, and what's the first some first step? What are some practical steps? Document what you want to be. <clears throat> okay. Tell you me can't more hold about yourself that. accountable to something that no one knows, right? So if you're the CEO, what's in your head needs to get out of your head. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's like if you don't know the target, you yep. never miss. You yep. never hit. You never <laughs> miss, right? Don't know if I hit it. <laughs> right. And uh, certainly, no one else knows if you hit it. Right. right, which is that's the, that's the real challenge. It's like I, I find so many leaders who think they have the target, and yet when you ask everyone else in the organization, they go, "Well, I th- I think I know, but I don't really know. I don't have any confidence that I really know what the target is. I don't know how we're executing because I don't have a baseline to measure against." Right. So accountability. Accountability. So accountability is to people. Yeah. But accountability is also to the vision and the purpose and mm. the values that you say is your brand, mm-hmm. right? And so if you never document those things, and I mean, you, I mean we could go, there's a whole other podcast, but how do you do that, right? And what level do you do that? And mm. how do you continually do that? Okay. Right? Because that's not something you just like, all right, write it down, put it on a poster, call it a day. Right. And put it, or put it on a shelf, like a business plan where it just sits yes. there and collects dust. Yes. Like, okay, how do we how do we integrate that into every day? How does that integrate into every day for the CEO? How does that mm-hmm. integrate into every day for the CMO, for the, for the marketing director, for the for the director of sales, for the individual salespeople, for the customer service rep, to the like support person who's picking up the phone and dealing with angry customers every single day? And and it's not easy, right? Because I mean you're gonna you you're about to take a stand yep. and that stand has to last. You can't just change it next month no. because you feel like it. No. Because then people won't know how to follow you and they won't believe what you no, say. No, and right? your your organization will will abandon you, right? Mm. At least in heart. Right. They might still be there at their desks or at their cubicle or at their terminal or, you know, wherever it is they work. As long as you can pay them. As long as you can pay them. They'll they'll stick around for the paycheck. But but they won't they won't buy in. Right. right? Because you you're continually shifting the the end zone on them. It'd be like a football team put getting on the field one, not knowing where the end zone is, and then finally, you know, after like three games, losing horribly, and they have no idea why they're losing or even what losing means. Right. Finally figuring out, oh, we're losing because we don't know where the end zone is. It's over there. 
All right, and or we gotta get the ball into or it. Or it's probably over there. It's see, that's the that's the thing. It's like there. chances are it's over there. Yeah, it's like, well, yeah. what are we working so hard for? We don't yep. even know where the end zone is. But then if it moves <clears throat> next week in the next game, oh man, like all the plays we put together in the last week to get to the end zone don't matter. Right. Man, we should be airing it out every time because it just moved like a hundred feet further. Right. Or it's so close. Why are we even throwing the ball? Mm-hmm. We should be running it every time. Sorry to use the sports metaphor for all the non-sports fans, but we should never be sorry to use sports metaphors. I like hearing that. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, like any sport, any team sport is a great analogy. I think for a lot of brands because there's so many of the same principles. You're playing on a team. You're working towards a goal. Um, You're and- looking for identity. How many yeah. how many teams um, have we seen? Like um, like with uh, I just remember. Detroit Red Wings. I just remember they were really good, you know, for a while. And then they, um, I just remember the year, you know, they were playing the Colorado Avalanche and mm-hmm. they, they bought a bunch of great players to try to push in through the playoffs. But they bought all these great players for a year contract. And then, and then, well, you know, what happened? Well, they, they didn't have that identity. They didn't have the team identity. And so they didn't know anymore what they were supporting or who they were supporting who was leading the charge and so the chemistry just got all yep. messed up and it wasn't didn't have time to shake out yep. didn't have time to 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 find itself yep. right have you ever watched uh, mm-hmm. a bunch of uh kids play hockey uh i i i I have been one of those. Okay. Kids. Yeah. Okay. So you are you know. talking about just like pickup? Yeah, pickup like pick game up or yeah. Yeah, like whatever, right? Yeah. Especially if they're young enough to not really know the rules yet, right? What happens? Uh, or I'm thinking of soccer where they just oh, kind of clump soccer. up around yeah, yeah, the ball. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's like a scrum, right? Yeah. They all just like clump up around the ball. Yep. And it just it's a free for all, but it never really the ball never goes anywhere. Right. right? It just kind of like it moves a couple feet that way and then this way and then that way and this way and this way and the, at the end of the like 30 minutes that they've been doing it, you're like, the ball didn't move. Yeah. They didn't move the ball. Right. Right. And I think that's that's the metaphor that I think helps me at least understand that when there aren't. When, when no one understands the rules, when no one understands what the goal is, where to shoot the ball or kick it, mm-hmm. how, I, how I pass the ball between people, right. the brand just gets, gets nowhere, mm-hmm. right? It just sits there and gets beat up. Yeah, <laughs> right. And your customers who are watching this game are like, what the heck is that? I want nothing to do with that. Right. Like, I might come for a game because it's a little bit entertaining, but I'm not buying season tickets to that thing. Right, and, and even even though this is an extreme example, yes, <laughs> what, what we're trying to do is we're. I mean, in most companies, probably they're maybe a little better than that, but yeah, they probably at least but, understand some of the rules. Yeah, but but what we're trying to do is say, you know, how do you clean up your act? You know, how do you use accountability to clean up? Yeah. You know, clean things up. And so, my friend, I was talking with a, a friend of mine who um, uh, yesterday, uh, and he said, and he's he's an old. Uh, Army Ranger went special forces, was in Fallujah and everything, and he's just like, he's like, um, he's like, well, you know, one of the things is that you know, for for me, accountability is important because um, we're actually talking about this very topic, and he said that you just can't be afraid Mm -hmm. to confront yourself. You can't be afraid to just like at the end of the day blame yourself first. You know, you have to, but but in order to do that, because it's uncomfortable, you have to want to win and you have to want to be the best, right? Mm -hmm. And 
all these special forces guys are all alpha males, right? They're all alphas and they, they all want to be the best, you know? And so to be the best in that environment, you have to be committed, you know? And so talk about a guy who kind of understands and has been through the crucible of, you know, not only just war, but just like, you know, this, um, you know, how do you, and so there's a humility that has to come with that. And I think that there are a lot of, um, you know, and, and I'm, I'm just not sure what comes first. Is it the humility that comes first or is it the desire for, um, desire for excellence that comes first, or maybe it doesn't matter, you know, maybe one or the other, you know, will get you started down this, this path of, of accountability. I of course have a thought. Yes. Let's hear it. I don't know how to not have an opinion. I would be disappointed to hear otherwise. Yeah. I, I honestly think the humility has to come first. Um, I think excellence, a desire for excellence is critical, but I can think of brands who desire excellence, but do it and fake it because it's not rooted in who they really are because they haven't had the humility to say, wait a minute. Yes, we're doing this with excellence, but we're headed in the wrong direction. So in other words, brands can be those kind of, I don't want to say two-faced, but kind of the climber that says, oh, who's my audience now? Like a politician. Um, And you can do that really well. Yeah. Right. right. You can do that fantastically well. You can be, you can be very, uh, you know, have, have just this great public appearance, seem very humble and all this other stuff. But in the end, maybe you don't have any humility at all. Maybe the, the humble act is just because you don't want to give people a bad taste, you know? Yep. And so I think the, Humility to me is more important than the excellence. Like if I've got a trade on one of those, I think I'd trade on the excellence and say, you know what, if you can't execute to the level that you should, but you can be humble and you can admit when you're wrong and adjust, then you're in a better spot. I like that because I think the humility, humility is just kind of like, hey, this whole thing, it's not about me and I'm not special. You know, it's this realization that like, I'm not special, but because you realize that then, then it's a lot easier to say I'm here to serve, right? Because you're not, you're not trying to compete with anybody and you're not, you're not looking around trying to, trying to like, Oh, it's a fixed size pie and I have to get my slice, you know, or whatever. You're just like, you know, I'm here to serve. I don't deserve anything special, but you know, I I can work and I can help people, you know? And it's almost like, any, it's almost like if you have humility, any spark of a desire for excellence becomes magnified. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. You become more capable just because, look, I, I want to be better, but I'm also not special. So I'm willing to get out there and punish myself and run. Yep. Or I'm willing to get out there and do the hard things, make the phone calls because I'm here to serve people and I'm not super special. And so I don't have to avoid all this hard work. Mm. Like it's not entitled. I'm not entitled to any of this stuff. Mm. Right? Huh. That's good. And we're both just like contemplating right now yeah yeah there's chin scratching <laughs> yeah mm. so so i'm gonna i'm gonna take a crack at answering that question yeah, too. Yeah, so, yeah so what is the what is the um and i'll repeat the question what well, you know what what should you know brands do well um i would say um you know you're working in a brand you have a leadership role or even if you don't have a leadership role you have a leadership role i mean i was in customer service I had nobody reporting to me and I had a leadership role on my team because I got good at my job to where I could help other people. I had a little extra time and I could, I was always able to help other people. Um, you can do that too, no matter where you're at, but let's say you're in a leadership role. Um, take that quiet time, go define who you are in this role. Um, and don't, 
maybe don't even worry so much about um, the company itself. You know, maybe yeah. don't even worry so much about the brand itself. Worry about yourself because you may you may end up being. I mean, if you do this right, you may end up ascending to this role where you're saying like, you know, so you so all right, so you, you have your quiet time. I'm the I'm the chief marketing officer. I'm not the CEO, right? Um, or I'm marketing manager, right? Yeah. Um, I, I'm not special, you know, but I'm here to serve, right? I, I want excellence. So I'm getting my quiet time. I'm getting confronted. I'm allowing myself to be confronted because I'm not trying to protect my ego anymore, right? I'm talking, talking to other people, having lunch with people. Pretty soon, I have my own identity, and it's so well-developed that people are looking to me in meetings, right? People are, people are seeing me take leadership in important areas. I'm not exerting myself. I'm not trying to be special. I'm not trying to be the, the smartest guy in the room. Just trying to be who you are. I'm just trying to, I'm, I'm, what I'm doing is I'm allowing the natural excellence that I have to come up rather than forcing something to happen, right? I'm finding out who I want to be in my quiet time. And now when I get into a meeting, I'm well-spoken because I'm not trying to force it, right? Then, then what I do is once I, once I have credibility, say I'm the CMO now, now I'm going to go out and, um, as I did before, but we'll, we'll just say now that I'm CMO, I'm doing it. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to, I'm going to go talk to other CMOs. I'm going to have lunch with people I respect who, who can, people who, who, who are examples of what I want to be. Hmm. I'm going to look at other brands, you know, I'm going to try to contact them if they're not in competition with me. I'm going to have lunch. I'm going to buy them lunch and, and, and I'm going to ask some questions. Um, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to start telling people about the problems I'm having, right? Um, I'm going to tell people about the thing, my wins. I'm going to let those people, you know, celebrate with me, right? Now, now, Mike, I mean, you do that, right? If I talk yep. to you, I mean, you would do all these things for me, right? Yep. And I would, I would do them for you Absolutely. because it's just something that we want to do for each other, yep. right? I mean, it's like, wow, how, how, what a privilege, what a privilege I could have meeting with Mike for lunch once a month and hearing all the awesome stuff, being able to be that person who gets to hear that and hear about the successes and maybe even challenge you in a few areas, but just watch what you're doing yep. with Roseanne. And, and then, and then, and, and then you get to the brand. And so then I go out and I find an agency, an agency that, um, or consultants, let's just open it up with, so yep. we don't sound too self-serving. Right? <laughs> I mean, you go out and you find people who share the values that you share and then you commit to them. Right. So, so there has to be a time where you commit and say, okay, I'm going to go full bore. I'm going to jump in the pool. Right. And I'm going to trust that I can swim. <laughs> you know, I mean, <clears throat> a lot of this is faith. So, so you meet some people, get a few quotes, hear how people decide to pitch to you. you. You get to hear a lot in those pitches. You get to see how do people interact? I mean, do they like each other or do they hate each other in this environment? You know, I mean, I've heard pitches lost because of that. Right. Yep. Um, and for good reason, you know, so um, look at the chemistry, get to know people. And I, f I feel like that's what it's about. It's, it's that relationship yep. and, um, and choosing who you want to surround yourself with and constantly, constantly, um, you know, getting those higher quality relationships because those high quality relationships are going to rub off on you and you're going to have accountability just by virtue of being around those people. Just like I have accountability just by virtue of being around you, Mike, yeah. and, um, and, and other friends that I have, right? Because I'm constantly surrounding people, uh, surrounding myself with people who are better, better than me, not just to make me feel good about myself, right? <laughs> but people I can serve, and then people who I can learn from. Yeah. And um, and once you have those those relationships, and you're able to develop that humility, you can't help but learn. You can't help but grow, yeah, right? I mean, happen. man, 
you know, it's just like you're getting watered and you're just going to grow and you're getting fed and you're just going to grow. And as long as, as long as you have those people who you can then, then serve, right? So those people that you can turn around and mentor, you're going to have that flow through, right? You're going to have that, you're going to be giving and you're going to be receiving. And to me, it's that humility. Like you said, you know, I think the humility anchors the whole thing, mm-hmm. you know? I'd agree. <clears throat> that was awesome. This is awesome. So, so now let's um, let's see if there's uh, so so before we go further, um, where are we today, Mike? We are at Gangplank in Chandler, Arizona. What is yeah. Mike? What is what is Gangplank? Gangplank? It sounds like a, it sounds like a pirate ship. It does sound like a pirate ship, but it's not. At least as far as I can tell. Um, so Gangplank is a collaborative workspace. It's free of charge to anyone who wants to come work out of here. What? I know. It's crazy. But you have to pay for Wi-Fi, right? No. No. It's free Wi-Fi. But you have to pay for the parking, right? No. It's free parking. They have... What? Yeah. You're kidding me. There's even like a... An, there's an arcade in here. There's a podcast room. There's a bunch of meeting rooms. There's desks. But you have um, to pay for food, right? You do have to pay for food. Yeah. <laughs> of course, somewhere along the line, you're going to have to <laughs> pay on. for something. So, <laughs> No, uh, Gangplank's an awesome uh, part of the the co-working ecosphere of Arizona. Um, Did you just say ecosphere? I said ecosphere. Okay. Okay. I just want to make sure. I'm not going to ask for definition. Yeah. Ecosphere. It's probably ecosystem. Yeah. Yeah. I like so, the ecosphere thing. I like eso- <laughs> ecosphere, too. Is that like a movie? Should be. There's the biosphere. biosphere. Yeah. Yeah. Passport was weird, but that's a whole other rabbit trail we could go down sometime. Yeah, and, and so and so when I walked in today, I was like, I've never been here before. But there's a sign, and it says, "Hey, just pick some random person who's sitting there without a headset on, you know, so they're not on a phone call or something, yep. and then uh, ask them for a tour." And so I asked this um, lady um, who was a programmer, and uh, she's just like, "Yeah, I'll give you a tour." So um, walked around, showed me showed me the ropes. That's awesome. Yeah, it told me the Wi-Fi password and everything. And yeah. It was great. That's awesome. So Yeah, I dig this place. I dig it too, and I'm going to visit the one in Queen, Queen Creek by yeah. where I live and check it out and see how that, because we're in Chandler right now. Yep, and there's one in Avondale if you're on the west side. There's yeah. one in, well, there's there used to be one in Tucson, and I believe there is one in either New Zealand or Australia. What? Yeah, a little export. Man. A little export-import going on there. So. Excellent. Yeah. So, uh, so... The um, so and you can drop in; it's free, and yep. it's it's a it's a um, it's a nonprofit that is a collaboration between the city and the the organization. Organization, yeah, nonprofit. Okay. So, city of Chandler is partnered with Gangplank to help them get this space up and going, and cool. Um, I think they've done a great job, and it's been a, a huge part of the community here in Chandler. So, and we're in the awesome. podcasting room that you can reserve, and we yeah. reserved it. So. Um, so last little segment here, um, what kinds of brands, preferably Arizona brands, uh, seem to do well? Like, uh, you look at them and you think they might have some accountability going. They might Mm -hmm. have some, they might have exposed themselves to hard questions Mm -hmm. that, um, that, that show them now, uh, things that maybe, maybe uncomfortable truths, but, but nonetheless truths that they end up needing to deal with if they want to have brand integrity, right? Yeah. So that is the that's the the million dollar question. It it, it is it is at least worth a million dollars yeah. for most brands. <laughs> we would hope so. <laughs> so billions. I am I am trying not to be biased because 
all the companies that are popping in my head are like, well, they're a client or they used to be a client. Um, so I'm trying to I'm trying to think of someone that is clearly doing it. Um, so here's one, and this we can maybe we can debate this. Okay. Because I don't know, it's hard sometimes to know, right? If you're not on the inside, it's hard to know what's true and what's not. But who's showing signs? Showing signs. You know what I, mean? I think that's the. If, if we're that's just kind of looking from the outside, right? Yeah. So one that's interesting, newer company to Arizona is Tuft and Needle. Okay. So the I've heard of Tuft and Needle, the online mattress company. Right. Right. For lack of a better description. The word mattress to me just feels old and stale. It does. It like, makes me think know. of stains. Just, but, there's, but these are like new mattresses. These are beautiful, new. They're beautiful, beautiful, new, new like, comfortable. I feel like they use an actual hand needle to sew <laughs> these mattresses because it's tough to needle, right? So, yeah. So, they relocated from the Bay Area, uh, I think, two, a year and a half ago, a year ago. Um, and they're now based here, and they're, like, going full throughout. There are some things that I think are, are good signs, right? So one is um, they've really owned that they are now an Arizona company. Yeah. Um, they've really made that a big part of their PR in the last year, um, and they've really seemed to, to own that, and that's coming from the ownership. Mm-hmm. And that's really exciting to me to see a company that probably could come to Arizona from the Bay Area and maybe hold a little, you know, kind of hold it over us that oh we're from san francisco and like we know how everything should work and, right and you should all just jump on board our little train and and they're not doing that they're really promoting the fact that like arizona is an awesome place for them to be and they really want to be here and that that was an attractive thing to them that's um, kind of refreshing that kind of humility you know it is uh the other thing i like about them is they're creative so they're in an industry that's that's dated Right? right. I mean, mattresses have been around a while. You think they're a, a dime a dozen? Two pays and yeah. shoes that are too big in those commercials that are <laughs> and those places that basically they're open and then they shut down yeah. and then they reopen. It's yeah. the same guy. You don't realize it's like yeah. different company every it's a total week. Total marketing ploy. Yeah. And so I like that Tough to Needle with their messaging has really gone after that. And they right. said, you know, we're not like that. We're going to sell direct. That's the first thing that they do. So mm-hmm. most mattresses that you buy in a store, you're not buying directly from the manufacturer. You're buying through a retailer, um, through, a, through a dealer. And Tuft & Needle says, no, we want to own that relationship. We really want to be in connection with our customers. And I think that's fantastic in a digital world where that's very possible, right? Mm. You don't have to have dealers as much as you used to for a lot of products right. or retail stores. Right. And I think... Some of that is actually to the benefit of the customer and the brand in that it, it puts the brand and the customer closer. Mm. Right? It draws them closer together. You could, you're, it's a more seamless experience. Um, and they're really promoting that as like, hey, we don't do things the way everybody else does. Also, their pricing, they're trying to be very reasonable and affordable. Um, and then they're just creative. Like I noticed the other day, one of their billboards off uh, one of the freeways, they designed it. Um, so the messaging is, we're turning it's something like we're turning the mattress industry upside down. They actually printed and put up the billboard upside down, hmm. which is hilarious and awesome. <laughs> <coughs> and that's just a level of like creativity and risk taking that I think a lot of brands are unwilling to do. That's mm. even at such a simple level, right? Like oh, we can turn our ad upside down. Right. Can we do that? It's going to be hard to read. But that, but it got me to go. Wait, what is that? And I read it, and it, like I made that mental connection between like the message and the fact that they flipped it upside down. Yeah. 
and it worked. Yeah. It's like, I'm going to remember that forever now. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. Was it hard to read? Absolutely. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it took me a minute to, like, flip the letters over in my head. But once I got it, it's, like, locked in. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so Tuft and Needle. That's a good one. So <clears throat> I think uh, because, as you know, um, you know, I, li- I like I like shooting. Yeah, it was kind of fun. I mean, you know, it's like one of the benefits of living in the desert. You know, you can go out and shoot some seal targets, and and um, I have friends who are steel targets, right? Yeah, steel. not seal targets. No, no. That although might get you in trouble with some people. Yeah, no that that would be that would be bad form, yeah. and it would be hard to get a seal around here. Although um, when I go shooting, I sometimes go with Navy seals. Yeah, right? which so is also like, something you don't want to shoot. Yeah, no, you, don't, you do that. not want to try to shoot one of those guys because. <laughs> There, so some of the stuff like probably shoot you know first for them, <laughs> you better shoot first. And you better you better <laughs> better hit. you better yeah. Hit. No. yeah. But um, pull Han Solo. <clears throat> yeah. So uh, so uh, yeah, and, and it's 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 fun because you know some of these guys can just shoot lights out, you know, and even even the ones who don't think they're like yeah I'm an okay operator, you know, I like you know maybe they're more of a tactics or a breaching guy or something like yeah. that, you know. Um, but I'm sure, um, they're still they're still shots. oh compared to <laughs> any of us, I mean. <laughs> And so, um, and so I, I like that. I, I do feel that's part of Arizona's brand. When I look at, um, when I look at the, um, the industry, you know, you see gun stores popping up like C2 Tactical and, yep. and, um, I don't have much exposure to other, other brands, but I feel like C2 is doing a good job of kind of standing up, um, they in are. Arizona. They are. There's uh, I mean, they're, they're taking leadership there. Um, you walk into the store and it's, it's very high quality. And you still kind of get that, and I'll just say it. I mean, one thing I don't love about the culture is kind of like this, like us against them a little bit. Yeah. Um, and I think that's something that Arizona will change. I, cool. I actually think that Arizona, um, you know, personally will will uh, will be, you know, as, as Arizona becomes more of a brand and as, as some of these brands, um, and what I love about the, the potential of this podcast is I think that a lot of these brands, I think, will um, kind of move with Arizona a little bit, you know, and and as we kind of understand, you know, where we're at, I think some of these industries that are a little bit kind of like segmented will um, will find a little bit more of, of, of their spot, you yeah. know, in this whole story, you know, that is Arizona. Yeah. Um, but, um, and maybe that's actually a good place for me to, mm-hmm. for me to end on that. But I do think that there's, uh, and, and, and maybe, maybe we need to spur a question too and take this opportunity to just say, we are curious. We're not, we don't have the answers, you know, about what Arizona is. And, um, we certainly have a lot of questions because we're curious guys and, you know, um, questions about brands, questions about the state, you know, where things are going, what's the culture. Um, man, we've talked about things like, why is it, why is it easy? And why is it hard to, for bigger companies to lure people to Arizona to work? Right, Mike? I mean, um, we totally talked about that. Yeah, I mean, we're we're curious about a lot of these things. So, what what we want to know is, um, you out there who may be listening, uh, the what do you guys think needs to happen for Arizona to find itself and then to create that space for everybody, right? Because we can't be, we can't stay fractured. I mean, Arizona in a way has its it's it's you know it's 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 not unified yep. in any 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 way and. And so what does that look like for us? There's a lot of liberty here, but does that mean everybody's, you know, libertarian or, um, you know, conservative? <laughs> we're, we're not all, right? Yep. Um, there's, there's their guns, their favorable gun laws, but for people who like to shoot. But what does that mean in the big picture? And how does that all fit in? You know, it's not the identity of Arizona. 
Yep. It's a piece. It's yep. a little piece. Laws, politicians, the culture. You know, how do we yep. feel about all this stuff? You know, yeah. how do we how do we develop that? And what questions? You know, do we need to still ask? And so, um, yeah. So I feel like this is the beginning, only the beginning of mm -hmm. a larger, larger uh, Q and A. Uh, years long Q and a <laughs> yes, probably years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. And so, but I think we're starting at the right place. Cause I think we're, yeah. we're talking about the right things. We're talking about brand, we're talking about integrity and, um, and accountability. Yeah. And so, um, Mike, what do you think, man? <clears throat> this is a good time to sign off. Yeah. What I think of... we, I think we've hit at a really good high, high point here. Nice. And, uh, I think we're ready to, to break. Mike, should we go get some lunch or something? Right. I'm hungry. I'm starving. I did we not realize it was so late. We should eat. We got in late. We did. We didn't realize I got in it. late. We got. <laughs> I'll own that. Okay. Mike got in late. <laughs> I got in late. <clears throat> um, but thankfully, there's a restaurant right next door. So we go awesome. check that out. Let's go check it out. Yeah. Thanks, guys. This is Mike from Resound. Yeah, and this is Chris uh, from, from Chris. <laughs> and my... Um, uh, do we do our emails? I forgot. Yeah, let's do emails. I like emails. My, my email is Chris at chrisstadler.com mm. that's c-h-r-i-s at c-h-r-i-s s-t-a-d-l-e-r dot com and I am Mike at resoundcreative.com r-e-s-o-u-n-d creative.com and hit us up because we love to chat and we do we'd love to hear your questions we will thoughts. hold you accountable yeah <laughs> accountability Let's start an online accountability group yes oh dude forum that i see a forum coming i think a yeah, forum think with that's permissions coming. let's yes. do it all right all right guys that's a wrap we love you all right love you guys see ya bye